0: King David's silver and gold were refused because when there was a drought, the gold went unused. Finally, the holy temple was finished and Hashem's cloud of glory was never diminished. Okay, so this week's Torah portion is Parshat Pikude, but I actually will also be including Parshat Vayakil's half Torah for two reasons. One is... I didn't talk about it last week because we talked about Parshat Shikalim's Haftorah. And the second reason is, is because if you're uh, Tsefardi, you actually will be reading um, the Haftorah that's in Vayakil. So I figured it'd be best to cover both that way. Uh, since we didn't get to hear half Haftorah last time, we'll be able to hear it this time. And we'll also cover Parshat uh, Bakude's Haftorah. Okay, so Parshat Vayakil um, is in Malachim Aleph. And, uh, so the, 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 uh, starting with the, the Sephardic custom, uh, with that Haftorah. So Shlomo, he took Hiram, who, uh, he, he took Hiram from the city of Tsor, and the Haftorah explains that, uh, that, that Hiram, he was the son of a widow And his deceased father was a coppersmith, and he was from the tribe of Naphtali. And his mother was from the tribe of Dan. And the similarity to the Haftorah uh, with last week's Parsha of Vayakil is the fact that Hiram, similar to Bitzalel, also had Chachma, Bina, and Da'at, had wisdom, uh to build the to build the beta Migdash or the Mishkan, uh respectively. And um sh- so the the other similarity is Shlomo and Bitsalil were both from the tribe of Yehuda, and Hiram and um Aholiav were from the tribe of Dun. And what's notable about that is basically again, uh so bitsalil and um and Aholiav were instrumental in building the Mishkan um, that is featured prominently in in these Torah portions. As where Shlomo and Hiram, they were the two that built um, the uh, they, they were the they were the two that built the the Beit And what's interesting about the tribe of Yehuda and the tribe of Dan is the commentary say the tribe of Yehuda is the most esteemed tribe. The tribe of Yehuda is the tribe that. Um, that you know that, that uh King David came from it's it's a royal uh sort of a royal uh, tribe as where the tribe of Dan is considered the lowliest of all the Jewish tribes. Yet interestingly the that sort of the building of the Mishkan and the building of the Beta Migdash both uh have to have this unique combination and partnership between sort of the most esteemed tribe, Yehuda and the lowliest tribe Don, and perhaps the lesson there is is that sort of when the Jewish people come together, even the most esteemed and the lowliest whoever it is uh a Jew is a Jew and, and has sort of the power, regardless of their social standing, has the power to come together and create something where god presence will rest like in the example of the uh the beta mcDush and uh, and the Mishkan okay so Anyways, the Parsha goes on by talking about how there were these two giant copper pillars. One was called Yachin, which means like a foundation. And the, that was on the side where the menorah was. And the lesson there being is that sort of the glow of Torah, so to speak, the glow from the menorah, that that's the foundation of Judaism. The other one, the other copper pillar was called Boaz, meaning strength. And again, uh, this is a, so. This is a reference to sort of the strength of Hashem comes from Torah, and uh, so the combination of yach, Yachin is the the foundation of Torah. It's sort of the the foundation of Judaism is, is the Torah. It's the glow of the menorah, etc. And then the other pillar is called Boaz because that Boaz uh, that 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 uh, um, signifies the strength that comes from following the Torah. Uh, okay. So moving on to uh, the Ashkenazi custom for uh the Haftorah of Bayachil and also if you're Tsvardi, you actually are going to or, or Chabad you're actually going to be reading um this this uh, Haftorah this week. So um, it's it's what's interesting is usually when uh, Ashkenazi and uh Tzvardi Haftorahs differ it's because they're both picking up on different aspects of the of the of the Torah portion. However, here they're almost exactly the same. Both of them are just basically talking about the building of the of the uh, Mishkan. So, uh, or sorry, the Beit Um Okay, so getting into the either if you are if you're Ashkenazi, either last week you would sometimes read this, although it was Parsha Chakalim. But um, Ashkenazi, this is for the Ashkenazi custom. But this week's of Vayakil, if your, um, or sorry, this, this week's, uh, Torah reading, um, of Pekudeh, you would be reading, uh, if you're a Sephardi, you'd be reading what I'm going to talk about now. So Hiram, he made lavers, shovel, bowls, uh, all made of pure copper. And he set aside these kalim, these vessels, um, because the weight of the copper was just uncountable. Basically there was so much uh, quantity and quality of these copper vessels that they weren't even worth counting. So Shlomo he made the mizbeach, the menorah of gold, musical instruments, uh, spoons, bowls, all of these different things, all made of gold. And um, and that's basically it for that uh, for that haftorah. So um, okay. Uh, so in and also this is the haftorah that is sometimes read if in the very unusual circumstances where there's actually two different shavatot that are. Um, that, that are on Hanukkah. Hanukkah is eight days long, but normally it doesn't cover two Shabbases. But if there is a possibility that it covers two Shabbatot, then Hanukkah, then the, the, the second week, um, you read that half Torah because it's, it's, it mentions, uh, the menorah. Okay. So moving on, um, to Parshat, uh, Bekude, which is this week's Parsha. So according to the Ashkenazi custom. Uh, we read this Haftorah that I'm going to talk about now. And you also read this on the second day of Sukkot. So um, so similar in our in our uh, Parsha, we talk about how the Mishkan finally is complete. And similarly in the Haftorah, we talk about how the Beda Migdash was completed. Uh, so that's a, a similarity uh, between the Parsha and the Haftorah. So the Haftorah begins this week by talking about how King David, he prepared many different silver and gold pieces for the Migdash. However, his son, Shlomo, who actually built the Migdash, he decided not to use any of these silver and gold pieces that his father put away, that his father sanctified. So why is that? Uh, There's a few different reasons given. So Rashi says, um, one fascinating reason is that there was a three-year famine during King David's rule and king david he should have uh distributed the wealth to the poor uh hungry people and because he didn't and he let some of them die of hunger and even though he had the gold there uh he was shlomo his son king shlomo felt like it was not proper to have um that gold there because that gold was sort of not properly used when there was a famine and what's interesting is you know what does that mean that it wasn't properly used? It seems like this is a very proper purpose. The fact that it was the gold was being used for the beta migdash. So I mean, really, the the beta migdash that's not a proper purpose. You can't uh, even if there was a famine. Maybe you know King David should have felt like he you know as he did. King King David did not use it on the people. He used it on the beta migdash. But the amazing lesson is the fact that even though the, you know, the tremendous opportunity to use gold and silver for the holy purpose of the Beta Migdash, that still is not nearly as valuable as the value of uh, of human life. And because there was an opportunity to save many lives during this famine, uh, the criticism of King David is that he should have distributed that wealth to the poor, even if it meant that that would no longer be available to uh, be placed in the Beta Migdash. So the second reason that uh, Rashi gives that Shlomo did not use this um, all of these gold and silver pieces is because Shlomo Melech knew that the temple would one day would one day be destroyed, and he didn't want people saying that basically the idols caused the destruction in revenge of david's spoils so king david he basically you know was in many wars involved in many many wars and as a result of those wars he collected immense amounts of wealth and a lot of that wealth came you know was in the form of these gold vessels that he was saving for the beta migdash but he but king shlomo was worried that basically the idol worshipers that they would say ah it's because you basically stole from us all of this gold and silver. That's why our idols are um, are coming back to get you, and that's why the the temple is destroyed. Um, because our idols are as, as sort of a revenge um, to for the fact that King David won so many different wars. So he didn't. So according to that opinion, uh, Shlomo Amalech did not want those other nations uh, having that thought, and therefore he kept them away. The third reason is that the Mishkan is a place of peace and the spoils, uh, the, the gold and silver were a reminder of war. As I mentioned, all of these gold and silver vessels King David won by basically the spoils of war. And but the Migdash was con it was totally contrary to war, and even just having that reminder of war in the Beta Migdash was so bad that um that 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 King Shlomo decided it was best not to use those pieces. Another, even possible fourth reason is that had all of that gold and silver been placed in the Beit HaMikdash, you would have got the wrong impression that perhaps the purpose of the Beit HaMikdash was sort of for external reasons, and maybe that's one of the reasons that this Haftorah is read on Sukkot. Sukkot, you build a very simple structure in your backyard, a sukkah, and sort of, Basically, it shouldn't be too fancy. You know, it should be nice, but uh, the, the whole point of it is that, you know, that, that, that structures are just that temporary. You know, a sukkah is temporary. And having too much gold and silver in a place makes it almost uh, distracts from the purpose, which is a spiritual purpose, not an external purpose. Moving on, so Shlomo brought the elders of Israel, the Zikne Yisrael, uh, he brought them to for the celebration of the uh, bringing the Aaron HaKodesh, to the Beit Hamigdash, and he actually brought them seven days before the holiday of Sukkot, and um, and and uh, then once Sukkot actually happened, then the entire nation was there, and the Kohanim uh, were able to bring the Ark, uh, the Aron into the Beit Hamigdash. Um, so what's interesting there is the fact that so it makes sense that the the two lucho the the two tablets um were brought uh, inside were were brought um you know in, inside to the Beit HaMikdash because those two those two you know the, the the famous two tablets that Moshe wrote they're the foundation of Judaism but why is it that even um the the tent of meeting why was that also brought in um and the the reason given is basically because the tent of meeting that was made by Moshe and made by Bezalel that even though it was simple compared to you know it wasn't fancy compared to the the the, the giant and extravagant Beta Migdash it was really the Beta Migdash was simply a continuation of the um of the Mishkan so the Mishkan was brought there sort of as a reminder of the origins of the Beta Migdash um, and Shlomo, it, and, and it says that basically these tablets will remain there to this day, the Haftura says. And Shlomo built a hiding place um, underground, underneath the Beit Migdash, And centuries later, King um, Yoshiyahu was, um, w- was re- realized that, that the temple would be destroyed. Um, and as a result, he was able to hide the uh, the, the tablets underneath, underground, and avoid uh, those tablets being destroyed. Uh, and that's perhaps the meaning of they would remain there to this day. That regardless, you know, the the temple wouldn't move around. They were no longer in a mishkan. They were in a permanent uh, dwelling place at uh, in in Yerushalayim. So, and then it says the covot of Hashem filled the Beit Migdash like a cloud and the Kohanim, they could not stand. And similarly in our, in our Torah reading, we read that Moshe was not able to stand because it was such a holy place. Um, so basically in both cases, the Mishkan and the Beit Migdash, they brought such holiness down to earth that they, it was almost too holy, whatever that means, that the Kohanim and Moshe weren't, weren't even able to tolerate it. Uh, so then Shlomo says, um, bono bono boniti, that I have built a place for Hashem, but it's like, it's sort of a double language, uh, bono boniti is like, I built, built, I have built a place for Hashem, and, uh, we learn that whenever there's double language, this implies that it's sort of an ongoing, there's something that is everlasting, there's something that's ongoing, uh, about this. And the Talmud of Yerushalmi picks up on that and says, every single generation that the temple existed, it was because that generation was worthy of having the temple. And every generation since that the temple has been destroyed, it's as if that generation, that's so our generation right now that's living right in 2022, our generation, since the temple's not rebuilt, is worthy, basically, of having the temple destroyed. So by saying, like, built I have built... It's it's only you know when when it was standing it's like every single generation built it but now that it's not standing it's like every single generation has destroyed it, um, so Shlomo blessed, uh, the Kula Kah- Kahal Israel the entire congregation of Israel similarly Moshe also blessed the people when the Mishkan was built, and even though and then Shlomo ends by saying even though David wanted to build um, the 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 even though King David he wanted to build the Beta Magdash, Hashem would only allow um, his son, King Shlomo, to actually build it. And, um, and ultimately Hashem fulfills his word and says, I built the temple for Hashem and took us out of Egypt. Um, Shlomo built the temple for Hashem and took us out of Egypt. And uh, with the, with the God that took of us, with the God that uh, took us out of Egypt. Um, And, and, so what's what's fascinating is we see sort of a similar, King David he was not able to build the Beit Hamikdash even though that was really his life's work, and similarly Moshe was not able to enter enter Israel even though that was his life's work, and the commentaries say there is sort of a similarity here, and um perhaps well what was it why was David not able to bring the Beit Hamikdash what why was why was David not able to to build the Beit Hamikdash, uh, the reason. Given is that, uh, basically, tens of thousands were killed on King David's watch. That King David conducted many, many wars, and even though those wars were considered necessary, they were just, uh, you know, a con- considered a necessary part of establishing a nation. Um, basically, the there's a few different possible reasons why killing thousands of people, even though it was justified is that kind of person is not worthy of building the Beit HaMikdash. So one possible reason is the Beit Migdash is a place of of um of of peace, a place of purity, and someone that has that much blood on their hands, even though it's sort of uh, blood that was justified, shouldn't be in charge of such a thing. Uh, the Rambam comments that basically King David he was cruel. Um which seems pretty harsh to say that he's cruel because as I said, all of these wars were justified, but one interpretation of this cruelty is the fact that it was almost a good cruelty. It was a righteous cruelty in a way, because as I said, that these these wars they were justified, and um, but but basically the the message being is that King King David he was willing to sort of sacrifice his own purity. The fact that you know he, he was willing to get his hands bloody. Um, literally bloody with with, uh, tens of thousands killed in wars. Um, And he was willing to get himself uh, uh, dirty, so to speak. Um, And as a result of that dirtiness, he was not able to build a pure Beta Migdash. But he sort of sacrificed his ability to build a Beta Migdash and gave that to his son, who hadn't had that same like experience basically in so many wars and therefore he was able to build it so it wasn't necessarily that that he was Ramam uh says that he's cruel but not necessarily that king david was cruel in a bad way he was cruel in a way that he he was cruel because he had to be but that cruelty ultimately meant that he sacrificed his ability to to build the beta Migdash. Okay, so to recap, moving back to Parshat VaYakil, which really was last week, um, Malachim Aleph, which the Tzvardim, if you were Tzvardi, you would have read um, in Parshat VaYakil. So I said how Shlomo took Hiram the from Tsor, and Hiram was the son of a widow. He uh, and the deceased father was a coppersmith. He was from the tribe of Naphtali, and his mother was from the tribe of Dun. And I mentioned that um Hiram similar to uh Bitzalel, both had Chachma, bina and Da'at, and Shlomo and Bitselov um who Shlomo built the Beit HaMikdash and Bitselov built the Mishkan that both of them were from the the holy esteemed tribe of Yehuda as were Hiram who built who who partnered with Shlomo to build the Beit to build the HaMikdash and um Aholiyav, who partnered with Bizaal to build a Mishkan, they were from was from the tribe of Don and this combination of Yehuda and Don is interesting because Yehuda is the most esteemed tribe, and Don is the most lowly tribe. yet when they come together um, they 're able to build uh, even even the lowliest tribe still has a role in Ju- a role an important role in Judaism and is ultimately able to build the holy uh, you know, a a a holy place such as the Mishkan or the Beit Hamikdash, where Hashem's presence uh dwells. So, it also talks about these two copper pillars. One is called Yachan or Yachin which is, means foundation um, and being that the Torah is sort of the foundation and therefore the menorah was on that side, like the light of Torah uh, is the foundation of Judaism. The other one is Boaz, strength, meaning strength comes from God when um, you, you learn Torah. Okay, so moving on. So the now according to the Ashkenazi custom uh, for Vayakil or according to the Sephardi custom, um, if you are in Parshat Pekude. Uh, Okay, so this this section talks about how Hiram, he made lava, shovels, shovels bowls of pure copper. Shlomo set aside all of these vessels because there were just so many of them. The weight of copper was not countable. And uh, Shlomo, he made the Mizbeach, the menorah, the musical instruments, spoons, bowls. Um, all of these things were made out of gold. And this is also the Torah reading that's read if there's two Shabbatim, if there's two Shavases on Hanukkah, then you would read this half Torah. Uh, okay, so moving on to Parshat Bakude, which is also actually read on the second day of Sukkot. Um, so in both Parshat Bakude and our in, in part, both Parshat Bakude and Torah Bakude, in both of them the uh, the Mishkan and the Beit of Migdash were completed, uh, respectively. Okay, so getting into the Haftar, so King David prepared many silver and gold pieces for the Beit HaMikdash, but Shlomo ended up putting them all in storage. He, His son, Shlomo, was not willing to uh, put these gold and silver pieces that his father set aside actually into the Beit HaMikdash. So there's a bunch of reasons given. Rashi says one reason is that there was a three-year famine, and David, he should have distributed this gold and silver to the poor people so that they would be able to buy food, but he didn't. And that was a mistake. And I mentioned, even though you might think that it's actually um, worthwhile to save this gold and silver for the Beta Migdash, even if it comes at the cost of, you know, some people dying in a famine, that's actually not true. That human life is even more valuable than, uh, than, than, than building and contributing to the Beta Migdash. Um, okay, so moving to the second reason given is that Shlomo knew that the temple would be destroyed, and he didn't want uh, idolaters saying that basically the idols caught the that the, the, their idols caused the destruction in revenge caused the destruction of the Beit Hamikdash in revenge of all of David's um, spoils that he got from the wars against them. And the third reason given is that the Beit Hamikdash is a place of peace. And if you have these spoils of war in the Beta Migdash, that is just runs totally contrary to the whole message of the Mishkan, which is a place of peace and purity, etc. And uh, the last reason is that this gold and silver might just cause too much of an external focus on things that are the gold and the silver and sort of the beauty of the building itself and not focus enough on the fact that, you know, God's presence is resting there. Okay, so moving on. So Shlomo, he brings the elders of of Israel, the Zikne Yisrael. He brings um, them seven days before Sukkot for um, basically the bringing of the Aron HaKodesh into the Beit HaMikdash. And then once Sukkot starts, the entire nation is there. And the Kohanim finally bring the Ark, the Aron HaKodesh, into the completed Beit HaMikdash. Um, and and uh, then basically um, the Aron had, uh, two Luchot, had two tablets from Moshe inside, and it says that they remained, these two tablets remain there to this day, and I mentioned how, um, Shlomo, he built sort of a, a place underground, and centuries later, um, King, uh, Centuries later, when the when the temple was destroyed, the king at the time uh, was careful to hide these tablets underground before they could be destroyed, and um, and and also another additional point is that why was it, it so? It makes sense that the Luchot were there because these were sort of the foundation of Judaism, um, and and the sign of a covenant between God and the Jewish people, but why was the Tent of Meeting also brought in? And the reason is, is because the Tent of Meeting was really the Beta Migdash was really just a continuation of the tent of meeting that was built by Moshe and Bitzalah. Um, okay, so moving on, so it says the covered of Hashem filled the Beta Migdash like a cloud, and the Kohanim couldn't tolerate it. And similarly, in our week's Parsha, Moshe, he couldn't tolerate the cloud that dwelled in the Beda Migdash. The lesson there being that basically, even though this was a place on earth, there was somehow able to have such like spiritual um, enlightenment there or something like that, that Basically, there was this this holy cloud and it brought Hashem's presence down, whatever that means. And the Kohanim and similarly Moshe, it was such a holy place, they couldn't even stand in the thing that they built. So Shomo says um, that I have built this place for Hashem and he uses a double language. He uses, he says, Bono Bonati. Uh, boniti, that I, I built, I have built. And whenever there's double language, it implies an ongoing command. And the Yerushalmi says it's ongoing because every single generation that lived while the Beta Migdash was standing, it's like that generation had built the Beta Migdash. And since the destruction, every generation that has lived since the destruction, it's as if that generation has sort of caused the destruction of the Beta Migdash. Okay, so moving on, Shlomo he blesses all of Israel, and similarly Moshe also blessed all of Israel at the conclusion of the Bishkan. and um, so even though David wanted to build the Beit Hamikdash, um, Hashem only allows Shlomo to build it, and I mentioned that this is possible. That the the reason is is because King David he basically killed tens of thousands of people, even though they were justified wars. Just the fact that he had blood on his hands. Was totally contrary to the peaceful nature of the Beta Migdash. And the Rambam even goes as far to say that that King David was cruel. And I mentioned this is a cruelty in sort of a good way, so to speak, that King David was willing to bloody his hands, um, even though, basically, as a result of bloodying his hands, even though. It, you know, it was a necessary war. He was willing to bloody his hands, even though as a result, he would not be able to build the pure beta migdash, And he left that to his son. And in conclusion, Hashem basically fulfills his word and he builds, uh, or he helped, you know, Shlomo build a temple for Hashem, uh, the same Hashem that took us uh, out of Egypt uh, all those years ago. And with that, I will read the poem. King David's silver and gold were refused because when there was a drought, the gold went unused. Finally, the holy temple was finished, and Hashem's cloud of gori did not diminish. And with that, l'chaim l'chaim, and this has been the whole haftorah. Torah.